Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Rapid Fire on this Monday, August 16th. Now, I decided to take the weekend off from politics because I really wanted to reset my mind, reset my energy from the for the week and just take a break from all of it. So I wasn't looking at politics this weekend. And then I finally decided to log back in and everything is falling apart. I literally felt like that little dog meme where he's sitting there at the table and he's like, this is fine and everything's on fire. So Obviously, the title of tonight's show is President Kamala Trends as Afghanistan Falls because the Taliban is now the official government of Afghanistan. Yet again, they've taken over over there. Um, I logged into Twitter today and some of the trends that I was reading were President Kamala Harris, all Biden, death to America and blame Trump. So that is the absolute state of our foreign policy, if you will, right now. And I will preface this show with, uh, you know, foreign relations, foreign policy is not my strongest subject. So in regards to what's been happening in Afghanistan, I've been trying to look at it from multiple angles, because I really want to understand this situation. Who's to blame here? How did this get so bad so quickly? You know, the meme of Will Ferrell and Anchorman, where he's like, well, that escalated quickly. That's how I feel coming into this Afghanistan situation with Joe Biden. Uh, again, we've been over in Afghanistan for 20 years. We spent trillions of taxpayer dollars over there. So how did we get to a point where after 20 years and trillions of dollars of our money, the Taliban is able to take over in a day. So we're going to be going over all of these different angles. Is our military to blame? Is Joe Biden to blame? Is Donald Trump to blame? Who's to blame here? How did we get to this point? We're going to be going over all of the angles. So if you guys are like, what the hell is going on with Afghanistan? We're going to break it all down here today. And so uh, we'll start off with a tweet that really sums up as well the fact that we're only seven months into Joe Biden's presidency, if you can imagine that. Uh, this is a headline, Taliban leader inside Afghan presidential palace in Kabul with dozens of armed fighters. On top of that, again, only seven months in, migrants encountered at U.S.-Mexico border at, are at a 21-year high. U.S. gas prices highest in seven years, up 40% since January, and inflation is the highest it's been in nearly 13 years, as Greg Price points out. And we're only seven months into Joe Biden's administration. Maybe that's why we saw President Kamala Harris trending today, because everyone knows that Joe Biden's incompetent. And this is the result of his leadership. Uh, I think that Kamala Harris would be worse personally. And I did make an observation in regards to this uh, President Kamala Harris trend that I thought was interesting. Many people were tweeting out Vice President Kamala Harris, but for some reason, Twitter, who controls algorithms and controls which hashtags we're allowed to see, allowed it to trend as President Kamala Harris. Some people are already speculating that because of Joe Biden's botched response to Afghanistan, which will be a permanent stain on his presidency, that's basically the setup to bring Kamala in because not only did he have a botched withdrawal from Af Afghanistan, but on top of that, man is already back on vacation, and we didn't hear anything from him yesterday when all of this was unfolding. He was completely silent as the international stage looked to America as to what was going on. So we are only seven months in. Uh, on top of talking about Afghanistan today, we're also going to be discussing as well the fact that um, your First Amendment right may be a potential terror threat now. Uh, per the Department of Homeland Security here in the U.S., they came out with this the other day. Uh, this was actually a Chiron on MSNBC that reads potential ther terror threats in the U.S. Opposition to COVID measures, claims of election fraud, believe Trump can be reinstated, and 9-11 anniversary and religious holidays, opposition to any of those things, per the DHS, is now a potential ther terror threat. And um, they put out in their bulletin here, 
that as we're coming up on the 20th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks, they're really focusing on threats includes those posed by domestic terrorist individuals and groups engaged in grievance-based violence and those inspired or motivated by foreign terrorists and other malign foreign influences. And then again, they go on to talk about how, um, you know, through the remainder of 2021, racially and ethnically motivated violent extremists and anti-government, anti-authority violent extremists will remain a national threat priority for the United States. Really funny that they're a national threat priority, anti-government extremist, when we are seeing literal footage coming out of Afghanistan right now, out of Kabul, of prisoners being broken out of jail by the Taliban. And as you guys can see, this footage here, uh, this came out, I believe, today and or yesterday. Just Taliban members being broken out. Keep in mind that our southern border is wide open. But of course, the Department of Homeland Security is focused on white men here at home being that number one threat. On top of that, we also have Mayor Bill de Blasio talking about the key to New York City, which is that vaccine passport, which is going to be implemented as of tomorrow. You're going to need your vaccine passport in New York City to go into any indoor entertainment, indoor dining or indoor fitness. So just a quick update on some of the most up-to-date news. I will be delving more into, um, you know, some of the news here in America. But again, today's focus is going to be in Afghanistan because that situation is very interesting to me. And I don't normally focus on foreign policy, but this is interesting because, of course, America is entangled in all of that. And we have been for 20 plus years now. But, uh, you know, we're so focused on liberating Afghanistan and saving that country. Maybe we should be liberating the people of New York City who are now being forced to have a vaccine passport to go to a restaurant, to go to their gym. This is for people 12, year, 12 years old and up. They have to have some sort of vaccine proof. Uh, they have to have at least one vaccination in order to live as a normal person in New York City. So to basically sum up as well, uh, you know, if you don't want to stick around for the whole hour, maybe you guys are ready for bed or you don't have time today. Basically, to sum up, Afghanistan right now will go to a U.S. official who was talking on ABC and said that the Biden administration, which again is currently on vacation, disregarded assessments of several intelligent agencies that consistently predicted the rapid Taliban takeover of Afghanistan. So the Biden administration was told by several intelligence agencies that the Taliban was going to be taking over Afghanistan. And again, because Joe Biden is on vacation right now, you expect this man after working hard noon to 3 p.m. days to answer phone calls on vacation? Who do you think he is? The president of the United States? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I guess uh, we should have made better decisions in regard to, uh, you know, rightfully electing him as our, what, 51st president of the United States. 46th president of the United States. Sorry, guys, it's been a long day. I don't know why I decided that there's 51 presidents now. Um, I'm pretty sure Joe Biden's the 46th. Anyways, moving on from that. So, Several intelligence agencies said that the Biden administration was warned about the Taliban and uh, they didn't do anything about it. And on top of that, just to show you guys how quickly everything in Afghanistan has deteriorated, these two pictures are one day apart. This is a CNN reporter over in Kabul right now in the picture on the left, which was taken yesterday. She has her hair out. 
she is dressed normally. And then in the picture of today, she is in a hijab with nothing but her face exposed because the Taliban has officially taken over over there. And uh, we're going to play a quick video as well, because who could have really seen this coming? Um, Joe Biden has talked about this issue specifically previously about the Taliban taking over Afghanistan. This is from July 8th of this year. Let's go ahead and hear what Joe Biden has to say about the Taliban taking over Afghanistan. Takeover of Afghanistan now inevitable? No, it is not. Because you have the Afghan troops have 300,000 well-equipped, as well-equipped as any army in the world and an air force against something like 75,000 Taliban. It is not inevitable. Mr. President, thank you very much. Your own intelligence community has assessed that the Afghan government will likely collapse. That's not true. Is it? Can you please clarify what they have told you? Okay, so uh, that was a lie. That was all a lie. Again, that's from July 8th of this year, Joe Biden being asked directly, hey, uh, you know, your own intelligence agencies have said that uh, if we pull out of Afghanistan, immediately the Taliban will take over. And he's like, nah, fam, that's not true. I don't know what you're talking about. And uh, basically everything that everyone said would happen, happened exactly. Even our secretary of state, I believe three days ago, was giving a press conference and he was like, well, the Taliban takeover isn't going to happen from like a Friday to a Monday. And uh, again, I logged out of Twitter on Friday, logged back in on Monday and the Taliban had taken over Afghanistan completely. So I guess that was a lie as well. So let's go ahead and take a peek at what was happening this past weekend. The Taliban, again, very quickly being able to take over Afghanistan, a place we've been, our military has been for over 20 years that our taxpayer dollars, trillions of dollars have been sent to in regards to military equipment, in regards to training the Afghan military. How the hell did this devolve so quickly? Let's find out. So um, Crispin Burke on Twitter says it's 6.30 a.m. in the morning on Sunday, time to see what happened in Afghanistan while I was asleep. And many people have been circulating this picture of U.S. helicopters seen at the U.S. Embassy in Kabul um, evacuating people and um, many were... Many people were comparing this photo to what happened in Saigon, Vietnam. Um, basically how the embassy was overtaken. They had to evacuate people in helicopters. They were comparing the two things because the pictures look exactly the same. So there you guys go. And um, again, guys, like I said, foreign policy isn't my strongest point. So we're going to be discussing all of the points that many other foreign policy correspondents and officials and commentators have made in regards to a lot of these issues. So uh, Judah Waxelbaum says, I have seen a lot of people comparing what is unfolding in Afghanistan to Saigon in 1975. The truth of the matter is this is far worse. And this is why guys, so US personnel are scattered and allies on the ground have been told to hide with no clear direction on anyone coming to save them. And this is a tweet from August 15th that reads, latest security alert from US Embassy in Kabul. We are instructing US citizens to shelter in place. The US Embassy in Afghanistan has suspended consular operations effective immediately. Do not come to the embassy or the airport at this time. Large quantities of Humvees, weapons, drones, and aircrafts have been already seized by the Taliban. And um, this is a tweet from August 12th that reads, the Taliban not only seized approximately 100 US Humvees and MRAPs at Kun 
Kunduz Airport, but also several U.S. Scan Eagle drones, billions of U.S. taxpayer dollars going to Islamist extremists, thanks to the administration's hasty withdrawal without a peace deal or follow-up mission. Uh, much like to when the U.S. entered Afghanistan and was faced with Taliban fighters using abandoned Soviet weapons. Today, today the Taliban stormed the presidential palace with U.S. rifles. And finally, the infrastructure to aid in the visa process has crashed due to overwhelming volume. So there you guys go. And my friend, uh, the quartering is in the chat too, saying that the Taliban executed a fiery but mostly peaceful takeover. CNN, most likely. Jeremy, I'm glad you brought that point up because we were going to get to that. Now, you guys would expect nothing less than our media reporting. You know, the same media who says that January 6th was an insurrection. Yeah, they're reporting that this was a peaceful transition of power. That's what's happening in Afghanistan. And, uh, you know, all of the stuff that I just read here. Yeah, you know, it's, it seems like uh, Vietnam and in that video I just played of Joe Biden as well, he was asked about Saigon and how the parallels of, you know, leaving Afghanistan and the Taliban taking over could be very similar to what happened in Vietnam. And he was like, no, nah, never will happen. It immediately happened. Spoiler alert. It immediately happened. So there's that comparison. And of course, while American citizens are just stranded in Afghanistan right now with no way to get home, Joe Biden was nowhere to be found. We had radio silence from Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, various politicians who are usually very, very loud and proud about a lot of foreign policy issues. Just radio silence. CNN put this out yesterday. Pro President Biden is expected to address the nation in the next few days about the crisis in Afghanistan. And they put this tweet out yesterday at 4 p.m. Central Time. Again, we had no word from Joe Biden outside of a White House tweet, which we will get to here in a minute. That in itself was a complete botched response to. So complete radio silence from Joe Biden. Uh, Jen Psaki says she's going to be out you know, from her press secretary duties from August 15th to August 22nd. How convenient is that? Uh, you know, again, she's only been in for what, seven, eight months. She's already taken so much time off. I constantly am seeing this other fluent press secretary. Jen Psaki, just a great time to take vacation as Afghanistan is falling to the Taliban or Kabul is falling to the Taliban. Um, Joe Biden has since come out today and said that he was going to be addressing the nation today at 4 p.m., which he has done, and we'll be talking about what he had said. Uh, a lot of people basically, you know, to give you guys the quick synopsis of it, a lot of people were very unhappy with his response. CNN even came out. Jake Tapper was upset with his response and said that he was pointing fingers. Joe Biden, in that response, said that the buck stops with him. But many people said that he was basically pointing fingers and trying to divert blame to President Trump, to the Afghan military, who he blamed for not wanting to fight harder. So that was President Biden's response today. Of course, it immediately got ratio ratioed before it even started. It had 2,000 downvotes and the comments were turned off on the White House's official YouTube because you guys know that when you're a fairly elected president like Joe Biden was, you can't let the people actually comment on your botched withdrawal from, you know, Afghanistan, from Kabul that has left Americans stranded. Um, yeah, you're going to get ratioed every single YouTube video, but it's just because the people love you so much. That's what that is. So of course, Joe Biden has since come out with that response, but we didn't hear anything from him until 
this morning and all of this was happening and many reporters yesterday were very upset and asking the question has the white house made any statement why are we not hearing from our president again this is a 20-year war loss of life so much money he was vice president for eight of the 20 years that we were in afghanistan uh greta van susteren was saying that you know she wanted to hear from him tonight that they needed to hear from him tonight they being america americans specifically the Americans who are probably waiting for President Biden to give a response in regards to their situation, because this was an important thing. But we didn't hear anything from him until this morning. And we had CNN tweeting out, hey, well, uh, we'll hear from him in the next couple of days. Days. And again, during Sunday, Saturday and Sunday, while everyone was watching this whole entire situation just completely devolve into chaos and the Taliban taking over, as people watched all of just Kabul fall to this terrorist group and Joe Biden is silent uh, because again, yesterday this came out, Afghanistan's president uh, is relinquishing power interim government led by the Taliban to be formed on top of, you know, the relinquishment of power to the Taliban. The Taliban had since captured our $700 million embassy and uh, to reiterate, we have spent $2.5 trillion to fight this war on ter terror, only to have Kabul fall it to the Taliban in a day. So how, how did this happen? And of course, in response to this, because American citizens still stranded over there, the Pentagon sending in a thousand more troops to Afghanistan as the Taliban takes over, bringing the total number of troops up to 6,000. So we now have 6,000 troops over in Afghanistan right now trying to help, um, again, other Americans who are still over there in our embassy that are trapped in Kabul right now come back home that are trying to help uh, refugees, if you will. And we'll get into that whole entire thing. Uh, the imagery that we've been seeing uh, come out has been crazy. This actually came out yesterday and it's the Taliban using the gym at the president's palace, if you will. Uh, it's very blurred here, but this is the imagery that was coming out yesterday as the Taliban, um, you know, came into that city and they took over. They went into just like all of these areas they were taking over and here they are just enjoying the gym in the uh, president's palace there while Joe Biden remained silent. And while they were doing that, this is what the airports and the tarmacs in Kabul looked like as people realized that the Taliban was taking over. Um, this is some of the first footage to come out. And as you guys can see, it doesn't look too crowded. Uh, this was again on, I believe it would have been Sunday night or Saturday night for the people in Kabul. And as you guys can see, everyone is rushing to those airports to try to get out as the Taliban takes over. Um, we also had people, politicians specifically, like Tom Cotton, coming forward and saying, if you're an American stranded in Afghanistan or no one who is, please contact his office immediately. And the reason that I'm bringing this up is because this all came out on Sunday. We even had President Donald Trump making statements on Sunday. Donald Trump immediately came out and said, Joe Biden, you know, what have you done with Afghanistan? It's legendary. Um, it was going to go down as one of the greatest defeats in American history. So you had Donald Trump making a statement 
statement. You had various senators making a statement trying to address Americans who are stranded over in Afghanistan. Meanwhile, we didn't hear anything from Kamala Harris. We didn't hear anything from our president who was supposed to be leading America. Jen Psaki is taking the week off. That is what this administration did. They ran and hid with their tail between their legs. And we had CNN telling us we were going to hear from the Biden administration again in a couple of days. Uh, Joe Biden famously put this tweet out July of 2020, who said, he said, you won't have to worry about my tweets when I'm president. Well, that's good, Joe. Uh, you know, a lot of people keep on bringing up, oh, I would rather have mean tweets and cheap gas and international relations cooled off, not as crazy as they are right now. But hey, at least we don't have mean tweets. And Joe Biden says, you don't have to worry about my tweets when I'm president. But that is actually a lie. Why is that? Because while Kamala and Joe and Saki and that entire administration was silent, they did put out a tweet at 1 p.m. on Sunday. And that tweet read, this morning, the president and vice president met with their national security team and senior officials to hear updates on the drawdown of our civilian personnel in Afghanistan, evacuations of SIV applicants and other Afghan allies, and the ongoing security situation in Kabul. And you guys can see this picture of Joe Biden, and he is looking at this monitor right here of all of those officials who he is talking with. People pointed out while the White House just outed Doe Station, uh, I'm sure the station chief or their stand-in appreciates having his face tweeted out along with Doha Station as the caption. So that was the first blunder there. It's like, okay, so this seems like um, secretive intelligence that maybe we shouldn't be tweeting out. Joe Biden, I thought you said we wouldn't have to worry about your tweets. Well, you lied, Biden. I know this is the first time Joe Biden has lied to us, guys. It's crazy. So that was one angle of this, right? And then people started asking the question, hi, White House, can you please explain why the clocks above the television show standard time rather than daylight savings time? Moscow will not be three hours different than London until November 7th, 2021. This isn't a pre-March picture that's photoshopped, is it? Question mark. So many people are speculating that even in his response here, even in the White House trying to make it look like they were doing something about this situation, even their response may have been photoshopped. Now, people have since come out and said, well, maybe the clocks at Camp David where Joe Biden is currently, you know, vacationing right now, just kind of hanging out. Uh, maybe the clocks were wrong. Maybe they were off. Or maybe this is a Photoshop picture from March. So Joe Biden says, you won't have to worry about my tweets. Maybe we do. And I would like to point out as well that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are constantly using pictures of the both of them. They'll randomly tweet them out to make it look like they're working together. When in reality, those same pictures were pictures that had come out months ago. So this is something that I've seen personally um, from their Twitter accounts. They'll be like, oh, great day working with Joe Biden. And it's a picture from five, six months ago. So this isn't something that is new to this administration either. So um, another lie from Joe Biden, and uh, maybe he's not even doing his job. So they either had to Photoshop this picture, or maybe those clocks are just wrong. We're not sure, but that's what people are speculating on. Now, while the White House is putting out these uh, tweets trying to make it look like Joe Biden maybe knows what's going on and is maybe working on these issues and maybe cares about Americans, maybe, probably not, who knows, who can really, who can really say, this is the scenes that were coming out of Afghanistan. And uh, I'll go ahead and just play some of this audio for you guys so you can hear it. The caption reads, this is perhaps one of the saddest images I've seen from Afghanistan. A people who are desperate and abandoned, no aid agencies, no UN, no government, nothing. And as you guys can see here, I believe these are C-17 
planes. That's what a lot of people are saying. Um, the allies, the American Americans who are still in Kabul right now are being taken out of that country with C-17s. So this is a video of military-aged men climbing up on the stairs trying to get into this Plane. And this is not the only video that looks like this. We also have um, this video that shows Afghans clinging to U.S. planes as they attempt to flee Kabul after the Taliban took control of the country. There are reports that multiple people fell to their death as the plane took off. And again, here is that video of this plane going down a tarmac with a lot of people running in front of the plane because they're trying to hold on to it. So that way they don't have to stay in Kabul as the Taliban takes over. And I will play you these videos, sadly, because people were reportedly falling from these U.S. military transport planes near the airport as they were hanging on plane tires to try to escape. And um, there is that video right there where you can see what looks like people falling off of these planes as they hold on to those tires in an attempt to escape. So while Joe Biden is pretending to care about what's going on, people are trying to cram themselves into these planes to escape the Taliban. And I want to go ahead again and show you guys some of the in imagery from inside these C-17s. Uh, this is a photo that shows what looks like the majority to be men packed inside of a C-17. Um, it's carrying more than five times its passenger limits, 640 Afghans saved from the Taliban. The crew made the decision to go American heroes. The caption reads on this photo. And as you guys can see, this plane is completely packed from wall to wall with um, Afghani people. And many were pointing out, why is it so many men? Where are the women and children? Because, you know, one of the politicians who wasn't silent about this was Nancy Pelosi. And she was immediately saying, oh, we really need to fight for women's rights and children children's rights. Because when the Taliban comes in, it's going to be very awful for them. Well, in these videos and in these photos, why is it that it's the majority of men that are in these, these planes? Many are asking the question, why aren't these men willing to fight for their country? Why is it the job of American military and America to go in and fight the war for these people when they have military aged men who are escaping right now, leaving their women and children to live under Taliban rule. They're not willing to fight for their country. So why is that America's responsibility? Again, other angles that are being uh, discussed here lately. Now, uh, Paul Gassar, he points this exact thing out because Jack Posobiec says they are really going to try to bring in unvetted refugees again. And going back to that photo, another point that I did want to make is that the what they are calling the government is calling refugees from Afghanistan. They're basically loading all of these people up on planes right now and just shipping them over here to America, which... As I showed you guys at the beginning of this podcast, at the beginning of this show, there's video of the Taliban breaking out terrorists from the prisons over there. And you think that maybe one or two of those terrorists who hate America could get on this flight in the middle of the chaos and destruction where people are just crawling all over each other to just get into these C-17s to be shipped to America? You don't think that maybe one or two of those people could potentially be an escaped Taliban terrorist? I have no idea. I mean. 
Another thing that is worth focusing on, Paul Gassar says these are not refugees. These are Afghan fighting age men who chose not to fight against the Taliban. Not one shot was fired. They do not belong in our country. They belong in their country. We are not the world's dumping ground for every third world country. So very America first rhetoric right there from Paul Gassar. And uh, another important point by Jack Posobiec, how we're bringing unvetted refugees from Afghanistan right now, which could be a potential terror threat to America. But guess what the DHS is instead focused on? That's right, January 6th and hating white men and saying that anybody who is anti-government here in America is now a potential domestic terror threat. That is what our intelligence agencies here at home are focused on. And we're going to get into these intelligence agencies too because many people are speculating that the reason that this withdrawal from Kabul was so devastatingly bad and atrocious was our military's fault. We'll get to that angle here in a moment. Now, on top of the Taliban taking over, I do want to discuss what that is going to look like for the women and children over there now, because it is a very sad state of affairs. And to all of the feminists here in America, maybe realize how blessed you are and stop complaining complaining about your damn country. Megan Rapinoe, I'm looking at you because this is what life is like when you truly have no rights as a woman. Now, this comes from Shabnam Nasimi, who is... Um, an Afghan conservative, she calls herself. She says, this is a photo of a school in Afghanistan closed due to security issues. The students showed up bright and early anyway. Teachers said goodbye to their female students who won't be allowed to go to school anymore. A numbing, helpless feeling, and that's absolutely sad to see. I was also seeing many reports of women who were rushing to stores wherever they could to go try to find hijabs because they knew the Taliban was going to be ruling and they had to adhere to what the Taliban said because there's already public executions going on over there. Um, there are also women that are a part of the Afghan military. They are fearing for their lives. There is, I believe, a female mayor of Kabul, and she said that she's waiting for the Taliban to come get her because in Afghanistan, under Taliban rule, there really are no women's rights. So to all of the feminists in America crying and complaining because all they're allowed to do is walk through the streets of America without their shirts on and not take showers and scream about how oppressed they are. Yeah, maybe you should take a look at what it really looks like to be oppressed. So I, I did want to touch on that because that is sad to see that these young girls will not be able to go to school anymore under Taliban rule. On top of that, many people are saying that the Taliban will take a lot of very young girls and give them to Taliban militants as wives. So that's another thing that's going to be happening to the women over there. So uh, it's a sad state. But of course, you think that our media would, you know, come in and uh, make sure to report on this correctly, really make sure to uh, get the reporting in regards to the Taliban and how the people over there are feeling. You, you know, they really want to encapsulate that. They really want to show the world what's going on. Yeah, no, I would expect nothing less from CNN and the American media than this. Let's go ahead and listen to how CNN is reporting on the Taliban's takeover of Kabul. Chanting death to America, but they seem friendly at the same time. It's utterly bizarre. At the president, they're just chanting death to America, but they seem friendly at the same time. It's utterly bizarre. 
they're just chanting death to America, but they seem very friendly at the same time. It's very bizarre. Does that ring any bells? Does that sound like any fiery but mostly peaceful reporting that we've typically seen from CNN? Because that's what that sounds like. So while the people in Afghanistan are actually trying to expose that young girls are now not going to be able to go to school anymore, we have CNN saying, well, yeah, the Taliban's here, but they're very friendly. They're mostly peaceful. And this was a transfer of power. Keep in mind, everyone that's watching, uh, you know, from home in America, in your couches, remember that what happened on January 6th was an insurrection and those people deserve to rot in political prison under political persecution until the end of time. But also here, the Taliban has overtaken the... Uh, you know, the government in Afghanistan, but it's just a peaceful transition of power. And they are very fiery over here, but they're very peaceful. They are chanting death to America, but they're chanting it like in a really like fun tone. It's kind of like a song. So it's super cool, guys. It's super chill. So um, the absolute state of CNN, we would expect nothing less, of course. But let's go ahead now and jump into the different angles of this, because many are pointing to our military as failing in our intelligence agencies as failing and the Taliban takeover being a result of that. Now, this is from Sagar and Genti, who says the real story out of Afghanistan is that the Pentagon and every U.S. commander since 2012 has lied to the American people about the capability of Afghan forces. The Afghan stark corruption and collapse within a month is all we got for two trillion and thousands of American lives. And I read this tweet, and then I started to see some of the uh, training, some of the military training of the Afghan army that uh, we we were we're we were doing i guess the military was enacting uh this is a video that came from the afghan army and i thought this is parody there's no way that this is actual video of the u.s military training the afghan army and to podcast listeners it is afghan men unwilling to or unable to even do a jumping jack it doesn't look good and i was reading through various comments of u.s military officials who have served over there and they were all saying in the comments yeah this video is not satire the afghan men and the afghan people were I don't want to say incompetent. Those are the words that they were using, but they were basically saying that they had to train them how to do everything and they were unable to I guess defend their country on their own. They had no military skill, military tactic at all. So this is a, a video that is circulating right now, which again, I have vetted and tried to really look into. And a lot of these military officials are like, yeah, those are the people over there. So on top of that, the Afghan security forces have the capacity to sufficiently fight and defend their country. We heard that from General Mark Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chief of Staff on July of 2021. But apparently, Milley had no idea what he was talking about based on the response to the Taliban actually coming in that we are seeing now. Um, even further, oh, let me see here. Let me try to stick to this thread. So yeah, uh, Sagar puts in here that, again, the real story is that the Pentagon and every U.S. commander since 2012 has lied to the American people about, again, the capability of the Afghan forces. We then have General Mark Milley coming forward and saying that, uh, yeah, they have the capacity to sufficiently fight and defend their country. But based off of that video and based off of the current situation right now, that doesn't seem to be so. On top of that, I really wanted to highlight this um, this man uh, commented this on his thread, and I thought it would be such an important point to bring up. Now, 
what is the concept of endless war here and what always seems to go up? Who always ends up making money when we are put into these endless wars? I was talking to my father about this earlier and I was like, you know, I really am of the firm opinion at this point that our politicians go and destabilize foreign countries so that way we have to send troops over there or we can't pull troops out of there so that way which stocks go up? That's right. Lockheed Martin, Raytheon, all of these weapons manufacturer stocks, which politicians are invested in, continue to go up and make everyone millions and millions of dollars. So these are some of these stocks. Um, on August 13th, as all of this news was coming out about the Taliban taking over Kabul, Raytheon, Lockheed Martin, all these weapons manufacturer stocks, they shot straight up. And uh, I just want to go ahead and highlight this article from back in 2020 as well. Uh, 51 members of Congress and their spouses collectively own millions in defense stocks. Now, we're not going to see any articles like this coming out because Joe Biden is president. And this was written when Donald Trump was president and he was uh, bombing Soleimani in Iran. But of course, it was relevant for us to know that 51 members of Congress and their spouses collectively own millions in defense stocks back then. But when it's the Taliban overtaking Kabul and it's Joe Biden's decision to do it, well, I mean, nobody look at the stock market. Don't look at the politicians who are right now very silent about this or, you know, the politicians like Lindsey Graham who are already calling to send more troops back into Afghanistan, even though we've already spent trillions of dollars there and lost thousands of American lives and have been there for 20 years, even though none of that worked for some reason, we should send everybody back there. And again, it's like, oh, well, uh, maybe we should look into which stocks these politicians are invested in when they're advocating to continue these wars and continue selling, um, again, these weapons. Okay, so uh, this article reads 51 members of Congress or their spouses own between 2.8 million to 5.3 million worth of stock in the top 30 defense contractors worldwide, thus placing them in a position to potentially profit from the U.S. military contracting process or wars waged with the firm's equipment. Uh, again, this article comes from Gizmodo. I'd highly recommend you guys read it. I'll read one more quote and then we'll move on. Um, according to Sludge, which is the organization, I guess it would be called, that did all of the research into which politicians are invested in which stocks. According to them, 18 Congress people, 18 of these Congress people collectively own up to 760,000 in Lockheed Martin, the world's largest defense contractor by revenue, which surged 4.3% after the Trump administration assassinated Soleimani. And again, we're seeing those exact same patterns continue as Joe Biden allowed Kabul to fall to the Taliban and renouncing all these politicians call for us to send more troops in those stocks are just back on the up and up who would be surprised about that oops wrong video for you guys there uh so yeah I just wanted to highlight how that works because I think that a lot of people like to uh you know kind of forget that there are politicians who make millions of dollars off of war that there are weapons manufacturers who have sat on the board of Raytheon and Lockheed Martin that are now a part of Joe Biden's administration. Look where we are now. What, seven months in? We have another potential war happening. Our economy is destroyed. Look at the absolute state of our country. Now, maybe if we had gone into Afghanistan or into Kabul, maybe we could have, you know, taught them about inclusivity and diversity. And I was thinking about this too, and maybe 
instead of sending in the military and the troops, we should just defund them and we should send in social workers instead because that seems to be working so well for our inner cities, right? Yeah, defund the police, send in social workers to help people really uh, talk through their emotions and use their emotions and their words instead of violence. Maybe we should send social workers to talk to the Taliban so they can use their words instead of violence. I think that would work out really well, right, guys? Hmm, I don't know. Well, the U.S. Embassy in Kabul on June 2nd said the month of June is recognized as LGBT Pride Month. And of course, you have that nice gay flag flying over there. And it talks about how the United States respects the dignity and equality of the LGBTQ people at the embassy in Kabul. And they talk about supporting civil rights of minorities. Dinesh D'Souza says, while the U.S. Embassy in Kabul just recently celebrated gay contributions to society, the Taliban, who was preparing its blitzkrieg offense, where are those rainbow colors now? Very good question posed there. So why was it that our military, again, our own military here in the U.S. too, is constantly taught about critical race theory, about inclusivity and diversity? Maybe we should have been focusing more on training their military and actually making sure that the Taliban wouldn't take over. But no, what was our money going towards? What was our time and energy going towards? This is what the embassy over there was focused on. And I know that the um, Afghan military was being taught these things too, because there's programs where millions of our taxpayer dollars were going towards like women's studies and gender programs over in Afghanistan. Uh, Christian Walker points out, I guess teaching the Afghan military about racism and gay pride didn't help. A very interesting point there. And if you think that this is all just, uh, you know, like a funny coincidence, it's it's not really like they were being taught any of this. And it's not really like the Joe Biden administration would actually, you know, talk about these things. Well, the State Department just came out today and called on the Taliban to form a more inclusive and representative government. Yes, this is a real clip from our State Department today. Let's go ahead and take a peek at how the Biden administration is trying to address the Taliban right now. The UN Security Council issued a joint press statement earlier today calling for a new government that is united, mm -hmm. inclusive, oh gosh, yes. and representative, including with the full and full and meaningful participation of women. The council spoke with one voice to underscore that Afghanistan must abide by its international obligations, including to international humanitarian law and ensure the safety and security of all Afghans and international citizens. Okay, so I'm just going to take a wild guess here and say that uh, the Taliban doesn't give a flying damn. I'm not going to say the F word because I'm a lady. Doesn't give a damn about humanitarian rights or women's rights. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that, uh, you know, just like how China or North Korea or any country in the Middle East doesn't really care about human rights or women's rights specifically. But for some reason, the U.N., has appointed those countries to the Human Rights Commission and Council. Yeah, I'm just going to go out on a limb there and say that the Taliban doesn't give a damn about any of that. But thank God that our State Department spokesperson came forward today and with his shaky voice, man literally sounds like he needs a jacket and a sweater and he's a little bit nervous. And like if his mom came to hold his hand while he was telling the Taliban to respect women's rights, that he could feel a little bit better. Like, oh my gosh, this whole administration is just a freaking joke, man. Like this guy, look at him, okay? I don't like to tease people on their appearance, but this man doesn't look like a menacing, scary, you know, like American man who would really command respect or attention. 
No, absolutely not. And what is he talking to the Taliban about? Inclusivity and representation of women. Yeah, that's funny. That's that's a freaking joke, man. Come on. So uh, that's the Biden administration. And if you think that, again, the Afghan military being taught about inclusivity and diversity was a joke, our, our secretary, uh, or yeah, secretary of what defense, what did I just say? Just came out with that today. Sorry, you guys I always have like a million things running through my mind. And so I'll literally read something and then go off on a tangent and immediately forget what we were just talking about. Maybe one day I won't have the memory of a goldfish. Today is not that day. Anyways, so while the Biden administration is pushing a message of love, inclusivity, and diversity to the Taliban, Let's take a peek at what the Taliban has gotten from the U.S. military. Now, helicopters, as Jack Posobiec pointed out, aren't the only thing the Taliban will inherit when they eventually take the Kabul airport. And he shows this nice picture of fighter jets. And as I showed you guys in that first tweet thread as well, there are Humvees. There are various other uh, military-grade equipment that the Taliban has already seized. And people are saying, oh, well, they're not usable. They're old. They don't even work. You don't think? That the Taliban or, you know, surrounding other countries, I won't say who, I won't speculate on who, other powerful countries who might want to, you know, team up with Afghanistan and the Taliban after this uh, seizure of power might not want to come in and try to fix all of this weaponry and equipment. I don't know. Yeah, I guess that's just not even a possibility at all. Let's not even speculate on it. But uh, there's an example of what the Taliban will eventually inherit as they take over Kabul. There you guys go. That is what our taxpayer dollars went to. Basically, arming the Taliban. There we go, guys. There we go. Uh, Lindsey Graham again came out today and said, it's only a matter of time until Al-Qaeda reemerges in Afghanistan and presents a threat to the American homeland and the Western world. President Biden seems oblivious to the terrorist threats that will come from a Taliban-run Afghanistan. And again, my only opinion on this whole situation is I don't believe that we should be in the Middle East. I don't believe that we should be sacrificing our American mothers, brothers, sisters, and children to Middle Eastern affairs. We were over there. Again, I will say it for 20 years. We spent trillions of dollars. We tried to train their military and look at the Afghan military aged men. They're all getting on planes and trying to flee to the U.S. right now. They're not even willing to fight for their own country. And you want American men to go over there. You want my brothers and sisters and cousins and uncles to go over and fight your war because you refuse to fight it. That's what Lindsey Graham is essentially saying here, that we need to send more troops in because the Middle East is incapable of fighting their own wars. And granted, I understand the, uh, I guess, the other angle too. My father has and holds this angle, and we constantly debate this as well, that if we pull out of the Middle East, this is what happens. The Taliban immediately reemerges. I believe that what we are seeing right now is the response of, again, Biden's botched withdrawal of this because there is a process and there are steps that you would essentially take. And also uh, Donald Trump, when he was in office, we didn't see any of this happen. And I want to touch on that point too, that Joe Biden is a weak leader. Nobody respects him. None of these terrorist groups respect him. China doesn't respect him. Russia doesn't respect him. Nobody respects Joe Biden. Heck, the American people don't even respect Joe Biden. So you expect a terrorist organization to respect America? Absolutely not. He's a weak leader under Donald Trump. And I will use Donald Trump's exact quote. He told Iran, don't fuck with us. And then he turned Soleimani into Pico de Gallo whenever they killed Americans. I saw somebody tweet that out today. I thought it was kind of funny. And so I wanted to reiterate it there. But that's exactly Trump's leadership versus Biden's leadership. 
Donald Trump was a feared American leader. People didn't like his mean tweets. People said that he was too he was too mean. He was too bold. He was too crass. Nobody liked him. He should have been nicer. But at the end of the day, Donald Trump was respected. Okay. He was a respected leader and say what you will about Trudeau or Macron or Angela Merkel laughing at Trump. Nobody respects them. Okay. They are on the same level as Joe Biden. So to not be respected by one of those world leaders is actually, in my opinion, an honor. He was respected by the other people who actually have nuclear weapons like North Korea. He was respected by these terrorist groups that knew, Hey, if we come in and we mess with America, Donald Trump is going to blow us away. So we have weak leadership right now. Our borders are wide open. So Lindsey Graham, you're so, worried about the Middle East. And I was talking to my father about this too. And this may be a naive thing to say. But to be quite honest with you, if we spent time and energy securing our own borders, working on our own military, which is right now, I believe weak because we are, we right now are indoctrinating our own military to be inclusive and diverse, instead of teaching them to be strong, we are right now saying, hey, if you want to be a part of the SEALs, you know, if you want to be a part of the upper echelons of military society here and be a part of our highest ranks, well, if you're a female and you can't hold up, we're actually just going to lower the the requirements for you, the body, the physical requirements, so that way you can do enough push-ups and you can get in and like we could have like a woman and the Navy SEALs, we're super diverse, it's super cool. We're also going to put out all these ads about how like army members have lesbian moms. It's super cool. Maybe if we spent that time and energy actually trying to strengthen our military, secure our borders, and clear out all of these corrupt intelligence agency officials who continue, continuously lie and get us into these endless wars. Keep in mind, I've talked about this before, Colin Powell, who was the Secretary of Defense, I believe under George Bush, he lied to the UN about Iran having nuclear weapons, and he's not the first person to lie bold face in front of the world and get America into all of these wars. That is a constant thing. So maybe if we redirected all of our time and energy into actually cleaning out our intelligence agencies that are giving us faulty direction in regards to what to do, maybe if we secured our borders, maybe if we actually strengthened our military and we got a leader in who was strong and fairly and actually elected, I'll say that, I'm just going to go ahead and say that, Maybe then America would be respected again and we wouldn't have to worry about sending troops to the Middle East. Maybe I'm naive on that and I will change. But to be quite honest with you guys, I'm America first in my policy and I believe we should be strengthening our country here at home, not worrying about what's going on in these foreign countries because the Middle East is always a mess. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. So there you guys go. Now, finally, uh, last few points in regards to this show. Taliban's official spokesperson has an active Twitter account. Meanwhile, the former president of the United States remains banned. Yes, the Taliban is literally broadcasting their insurrection of Kabul on Twitter, and we're seeing it all over, and they have an active Twitter account. That's fine, but Donald J. Trump is not allowed to have a Twitter account. Savannah Hernandez is not allowed to have a Twitter account. Alex Jones, not allowed to have a Twitter account. And Candace Owens finally sums up perfectly the complete hypocrisy and absolute just failed leadership of Joe Biden. Think about the fact that Americans are risking their lives landing aircraft in Kabul to evacuate Americans and Afghan civilians. And by next month, those same men and women can be dishonorably discharged for refusing an experimental vaccine. The Biden regime is disgusting. 100% Candace, abso-freaking-lutely. So there you guys go. Many people were speculating that a lot of people would leave the military if we mandated that vaccine. Maybe now is not the time, seeing as to the fact that the Middle East and the Taliban is now not only 
taken over the country, but they have access to our U.S. weapons. So there you guys go. That is my whole entire synopsis, and I tried to gather every single angle that I could in regards to Afghanistan and what went wrong in that entire situation. Um, many people were saying, too, that Joe Biden's address to the nation was one of the cruelest worst addresses to the, to the nation possible because he stood his ground and he said we should have been withdrawn from Afghanistan, which is true. We should have. But his withdrawal was so bad and it was so botched. Keep in mind, there should have been steps in place, not just like, hey, we're just going to pull out and leave Americans stranded over there while the Taliban takes over. Whoopsies. Also, I'm on vacation, so I'm kind of just going to leave everybody on silent because I have better things to do. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sorry. So, um, yeah, that's my analysis of the whole situation. Tried not to make it too opinion-based. Just wanted to let you guys know what is going on in regards to that situation and why I think that we shouldn't be in the Middle East. Let me know in the comments what you guys think. And um, remember, too, as the world gets crazier, you guys can always go to preparewithsavsays.com to get 25% off your order of four-week or three-month food supply, uh, My Patriot Supply. I love it. This is a product I use for myself. And as I continue to see the world deteriorate, specifically our country under the leadership of Joe Biden, I have started investing more heavily in gold, silver, storable foods, water filters, because I don't trust this government. I don't trust our grocery stores even being stocked with food. Like that's the level that I've gotten to because not once in a year, but twice in a year, I've seen them completely cleared out. And I'm watching as we reach record high inflation rates, as our dollar deteriorates, as Joe Biden continues to I believe today, actually, he just approved $500 million in uh, funding to the Afghanis the Afghanistani people, the Afghanistans. I don't know how to, what they would be called. I'm sorry. Uh, the people in Afghanistan for aid. So there you guys go. We'll uh, end the broadcast with a couple of other stories, bringing it back home. Uh, vaccine manda mandates for interstate travel. The Biden administration has discussed it. And this dropped last Friday um, that the administration is discussing the potential possibility to mandate vaccines for interstate travel. They have not since adopted that measure, but it's still possible a mandate could be coming and it's something that they should, or they have discussed. And again, my question to Americans, why do we have a president in office who even thinks that it's okay to talk about these things, who thinks he has the power over American people to even discuss mandating vaccines for us to drive on the roads that we pay for with our taxpayer dollars. Absolutely ridiculous. And I want people to get upset about this because I want you guys to all remember that the power lies in the people, not in the government. There's more of us than there are of them. And I, I was also researching too into, again, the vaccine mandates for all of these corporations and businesses that are forcing employees to get vaccinated. Right now, behind the scenes, there's a big, essentially, game of chicken going on where employers know that if all of their employees say no to the vaccine and they all walk out, guess what would happen to that business? It would not be able to operate. So I want people to understand that there's power in the people and power in the masses. And until we all decide to collectively stand up, we will never get out of this. So on top of the Biden administration, uh, you know, potentially talking about mandated vaccines for interstate travel, uh, I talked about last week how the administration reached out to OPEC because of oil 
supply. Uh, Biden's administration is basically asking foreign countries to pump more oil at this point. Well, OPEC has since responded and they said that they see no need to release more oil into the market at the moment beyond what is already planned, despite U.S. calls for it. And that is from four OPEC sources. So there you guys go. They straight up said, yeah, F you, Joe Biden. Sorry, we're not pumping more oil. So thanks a lot, Joe Biden. Maybe if you allowed us to, uh, you know, be dependent on our own energy sources here in America, which I know we can be because we had oil um, independence under Trump. Yeah, maybe if you allowed us to do that and you stopped setting us up for failure, that would be great. Now, I wanted to play this guys for this clip for you guys too because it did come out today and it's very, very weird. Um, I talked about how last week that new poll came out showing that the white is now declining in America and how it is majority Hispanic and Asian people. Um, Jimmy Fallon talked about that on his show and this was the response. The 2020 census just came out and for the first time in American history, the number of white people went down. <laughs> Here's the results of the 2020 census just came out. And for the first time in American history, the number of white people went down. Okay, so the number of people went down and everybody in the crowd cheers. Why is that? Because in America, we are all taught to hate white people and we are all taught that they are bad, that they are domestic terror threats. And that's why the DHS is now coming out. And they're not saying white people specifically, but keep in mind, who do people think of when they think of the average Trump supporter? They think of white men. Why? Because the media, because all of our teachers who are indoctrinating our kids has said that the white man is public enemy number one and that all white people are to blame, that ancestrally they're bad, that they need to pay reparations and that this entire country was built on the back of slaves and it's white people's fault. So that is the result of that. You have Jimmy Fallon's entire audience now cheering in just complete jubilee and excitement that the white race is declining in America because that is how much white people are hated. And that is the result of critical race theory. And um, now we're seeing another, again, Critical race theory clearly didn't work for the Taliban. Maybe we should send social workers over there to go talk to them about how to use their words instead of violence so they can get women's rights back over in Afghanistan. We'll see how well that works out. So uh, that wraps up tonight's episode of Rapid Fire. Thank you guys so much for sticking with me. Again, you can find this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean. Please remember to go leave me a five-star review. Let me know what you think of the show. I'm trying to get it up in the ranks. Also, please remember, go to preparewithsavsays.com to get 25% off your four-week or three-month food supply. Again, I'd highly encourage you guys to go get these things. I have not seen a grocery store cleaner at once, but two times within the year. And we have now reached a point in society where it's like, are we even going to be able to find food at the grocery stores? How is the government allowed to just shut us all down? Don't be dependent on the government and do not allow the government to control you. Make sure you have control of your own life. Go to preparewithsavsays.com. Go take advantage of that discount. Link is also down below. And finally, go to savsaysofficial.com. I've compiled all of my research because you guys do see a lot of the tweets and articles and videos that I used. They're all on my website. So that way, if someone asks you, hey, um, why do you believe this or why do you think this? You can pull up the article and say, this is why. Here's the source. Here's the video. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. That's all I got for you guys tonight. And I will see you guys again later this week.